G'day everyone, I'm Daniel Ricardo, and you're listening to EFTM, everything for the man. Thank you very much for joining us. This is the EFTM F1 podcast back for 2021. Here to preview the season, preview the upcoming rounds, talk about everything that's changed. And we're doing it all thanks to the good people at Boost Mobile and KO. So you can get all your sport on KO and you can connect on Boost Mobile. The boys are with me. The boys are back. Connor McNally and Harry Tucker. Boys, welcome to 2021. Oh, finally. Good to be back. I just know Connor and I both... <laughs> you both sat back in the couch. <laughs> <laughs> We're leaning forward. Just ready in anticipation. <laughs> and then out of the box, back. off you go. Back. <laughs> I just want to say, it feels like maybe three weeks since you were here. I feel like I haven't even left. The only difference at the moment is that I got to arrive here before midnight. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a good thing. And also, what, my Albert Park rug. Um, oh, I love it. Look, it, it's a crap rug, but it feels good that I've got a you know Formula One style to the room. The only other thing we need to add now is that other rug that I had as a kid that I think everyone around in their, their mid to late 20s had mm. as a kid, which was the one with like the towns and had the road on it. And oh, you put your matchbox yeah. cars around. I've got a couple. Right. I've got three of those at home. The kids, they sell them at Ikea. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. really? That'd go well next to your racing car bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you still got one of those? Oh, if I was allowed to have those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were, yeah, you've both just yeah. moved in with your partners yeah. and yes. uh, you've, you've learned that you don't get to choose the things that appear in your home. No, absolutely not. Like I've got, all of my framed posters that I've collected over a long period of time sitting in my office and my girlfriend says, uh, you're not having them in my home. Yeah, you're, you're in my home. <laughs> <laughs> well, the EFTM studio is an example of how much say I have over our home. Everything I own that has anything to do with motorsport is here uh, in this place. So um, it, it was a very interesting, strange and uh, tumultuous season 2020. But let's let's just get straight into talking about 2021 and what's changed with Formula One. Because it's actually, I mean, the grid will look the same broadly. There's some great new colours. Um, there's some new rules we need to talk about. But let's just talk about the driver lineup straight mm. off the bat. Because is it, uh, from my memory, there's 12 drivers in the same seats and there's eight, um, eight new seats, new drivers or new seat changes, which is, oh, I think it's probably a, a large amount given previous seasons. Oh, I haven't done the numbers, Definitely but it feels like more than year. normal. Yeah. It is a very different lineup to compared to last year, and you've got to remember that the cars are largely the same going into this year because the the rules for twenty twenty one mean that the cars from last year will be run again yep, this year, which before. we'll talk about in a moment. Yep. yep. So, so what do you think is the biggest driver change? Oh, I'm going to say Seb moving to Aston Martin is the biggest driver change on the grid. That is without doubt a big change. The other big change is Fernando Alonso returning to Formula One two years out. Of, of the sport. It's a long time. It is, and a lot has changed. Kimi had a break, didn't he? Had one, was it one year Kimi had off? Yeah, he had, well, a break for about, he had a break for about two or three years. He went up to race World Rally, he raced in NASCAR, yep. and then came back. What do you reckon, I, Harry, about the biggest I, change? I, I think you guys are right about the biggest, but I don't know if that necessarily correlates to who's going to do the best because of the Oh, change, sure. Which, mm. which I think is definitely going to be Dan. Um, yep. Okay, solid. We'll get to predictions, well, but that's we'll a solid, that. solid <laughs> teaser for your prediction Ooh. there. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and it's, a, it's important to note, and I don't think that we'll get many international listeners, but we are three Aussies who um, bleed the Aussie flag and will support an Aussie driver. It's lucky we don't have two Aussie drivers. 
Oh, frankly, yeah. I don't you, know what could, I'd do. What are we going to do? Could you imagine? Gets in? I don't yeah. think he'll be in when, when Daniel's in. Oh, I don't know. I think he, he what? Probably. You think he'll be there next year or the year uh, after? Year after. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. For anyway, that's, so for that, that's for two seasons' time. <laughs> I, I was watching, uh, I don't know, testing or something, and I thought, oh, there's two Canadians in this sport. How does that happen? Well, they're both dads are both fucking. Rich. I know, but but how does that happen when when we can't make it happen? So, oh, like we're used to like having a couple of Brits in there. Yeah. We used to have a couple of Brazilians. We in had there. we had Weber and Ricardo crossover. Yeah, for a little. That's while. right. Yeah. But that was easy because Ricardo was in a lower team. Yeah. You you would still support Weber because he was the one that was going to win. Yeah. If anyone was going to win a race, it was it was Weber. Okay, so so uh, Daniel's a massive move. Uh, Alonso back, mate. Checo going to Red Bull. That is going to be probably one of the big talking points of 2021 because everyone thought that he was gone after he lost his seat to Seb. And we will spend a a fair whack of this podcast later talking about Drive to Survive, but it was a solid theme they pushed through that episode with him, really teasing the fact that he was going. And he really did essentially say goodbye to the sport in many ways. But Checo at Red Bull, there's so many good parts to that story Mm. to watch over the first session, let alone weekend and month, right? Because, mate, he's a great driver. Like, let's be clear, he's been in the sport a long time and he's, he's driven McLaren. Like, he's, he's not a bad driver. So, he could take it to Max on a consistency and performance basis. And he has to. Like, in the last couple of years, Pierre Gasly got shafted badly, I think, because in the end, he's now proven to be a very, very good driver. And he's uh, Gasly, yeah, when he drove for Red Bull, he, he really didn't get to show his worth. Got shown, shafted. He's shown then, himself to be a very, very good driver? Oh, not very, very good, but a good driver. Like, yeah. Yeah, a, co- a competitive driver. Yeah. He doesn't need to be in a Red Bull now. We saw that last year when he drove for Toro. bloody wants Alphardale. to be there. Yeah. You, did you read his op-ed this week in the Players' Tribune? No, I haven't. It was really... You sort of wrote all about that experience, and he felt like basically from the first bad race he had that the whole garage essentially turned Moved on him. Moved away from him. Yeah, and, and, the, and the same... turned on him, and that he never really got... The opportunity, and it's that it's it's getting out of that rut that's very yeah. hard. If you don't have the, if you don't have people to pull you out of the rut, you can't get out. And yeah. it's the same for Alex Albon. And we, and we is it though? Oh, I don't oh, know. But then again, again, then again, they gave he, he him was, longer than than Pierre. Yeah, and he did not deliver. And Pierre was pissed about that. You could kind of yeah. tell. Oh yeah, that 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 moment in Drive to Survive where they were in the car with Pierre and his trainer, and he he was he was just annoyed that Albon was getting all that time. But Checo will just. Smash Albon out of the park in terms of just general performance, uh, grid performance, race performance. Even if he doesn't beat Max on a regular basis, he will outperform the team's expectations. Yeah. I'm, I truly believe. I agree. They with all, that. all they want him to do is consistently get fourth place every race. Yeah, essentially, they're but happy do, for him to come behind Max yeah. every. But but does Checo really want to finish fourth? Well, and that's the thing. In terms of a contract man, does he does he live out his life? Does he live out his career at Red Bull for maybe maybe he could pull two years out of it before they, they bring in another junior or something, right? Can he live out two or three years at Red Bull as the second driver so that they maintain Max? Or is he so headstrong that he wants to beat Max? And he is. He's headstrong. There's no doubt he they wants to are. beat Max. I, I think you've got no, You're not I, in Formula yeah. 1 if you aren't. Checo's got nothing to lose now. This is the biggest opportunity that he's had since he went for McLaren. And, and I think he will do... He'll take it up to Max in Albon's more ways than one. Albon's not headstrong. I don't yeah. reckon Albon had it. You reckon? Yeah. Oh, I think you he had he the was... fitness. I think he had the ability, but I don't think he had the headspace to be... Yeah. Like, even Daniel has that, you know, what's he say? Fuck shit up. Like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's his mantra. But, yeah, but you think of... What what did he say that you're racing me too hard? Or they're racing me too hard. Yeah. That, that line. Like, that um, sort of mentality. That's the job. Yeah. Um. So, 
So there's there's those kind of big moves. Obviously, Carlos at Ferrari. I mean, I keep seeing photos of him in a red shirt and thinking this is just it's really screwing with my head. And remember, the car last year was an absolute shitbox. And Drive to Survive, we'll talk about that later, but Drive to Survive probably showed that Ferrari are just completely out of sorts. Mm. They, they just don't have their shit together they certainly at all. They were last year. I just don't know whether they'll turn that uh, around yeah. this year. I mean, we'll get to it later, but I, I don't know what to think about them this year. Yeah, oh, we'll, 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 we'll uh, summarise and, uh, and make assumptions and, and predictions. But the back of the grid's actually just as fascinating mm. for me because you've got all these big names switching, changing, battling up there. But then at the back of the grid, you've got a bunch of people you've never heard of, as well as, you know, your Mick Schumacher. You know, there's some there's some stories that will be followed, and you would hate to be at Haas uh, alongside Schumacher because he's going to be all the attention for Absolutely. all the right-slash-wrong reasons. Absolutely. Haas have been a dysfunctional team for quite a number of years now. Haas did what they needed to do years ago. Being loyal to Grosjean and Magnussen was stupid. They, they needed different drivers... Um, or money drivers mm. for some years that they could have improved their their entire business. So that that approach is brilliant, and I don't know anything about Mazepin. Nothing. I, I just am completely unaware, and I like that. I, mm. I'm not the kind of see. Connor's the kind of guy that will have watched everything that he's done. Read. Every, I'd prefer just to watch him on track. And see how he goes. Yeah, um, it, that's how I learn yeah, about people. Look, I, I'm, that's I'm how I learned that Latifi's a gibber. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm a fair man. I'll give Nikita a, a go and see how he goes on the track. If he's a dud, I'll call him out to be a dud. But we, we've yet to see what he's going to do on yeah. the track. Yes, he's won a couple of races in Formula 2, but that's not a true indication of what he could be t- potentially be like in Formula 2. But he's also but, there there for the money, so yes. he's hard to, it's not like yeah, a Red Bull situation. Not. They can boot him mid-season because they need they the money. Need them, they need the money massively. and. Yeah. Yeah, Gene's not willing to put any more money into the team at the moment. Why would you? Yeah. And the thing with him as well is with that, even though, yeah, he, he won a couple of races in F2, he was by no means like the second quickest driver in F2 as a whole that would you would have immediately gone, no, that's right. I'm going to promote you into into Formula 1. So The money played a role. Absolutely. Exactly. He was also one of the most dirtiest drivers in oh, Formula 2. Oh, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of controversy around him. Um, yeah. So who else is new in those lower teams? Because I think that... That's the fun thing is trying to find your like you think about Ricardo coming into HRT, yeah. whatever it was ten years ago. Or so I mean that was for us that was a big deal. But what were people around the world thinking about this Ricardo kid? Yeah. But you know he did okay and and he worked his way through. Now he was a supported driver through the ranks. Let's yes, be clear in the Red Bull program. But and that they got him that seat. But you know where else is that potentially going to happen? Uh, back in the grid. Yeah, exactly. You got to look at Yuki Tsunoda who was one of the leading drivers in Formula 2 last year. And, of course, he's part of that Red Bull family. He's only there not only because he's part of Red Bull, but also he's got the Honda support behind him. And it's interesting because this year is the last year that Honda will be in Formula 1 for yeah. the foreseeable future. And Strange of course, person to support when, when you're exactly. pulling out of the sport. And you're about to give your entire intellectual, intellectual property to Red Bull come yeah. 2022. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see how Yuki goes, given that, He's got the Honda support for the next 12 months, and then after that, he's yeah, he's got Red Bull behind him, and whether they'll continue to support him or whether they'll they'll let him loose after one year, it remains to be seen. But he seems to be fairly quick already. Whether he can take it up to Gasly and maybe beat him, you know, for the mid to you know rear pack of the grid, we're yet to see. And then, of course, the other... Uh the other rookie, young Fernando Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else who, 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 who is he? You know, 
He will smash Ocon. Oh, you reckon? And for for the entire year, the 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 question, if he does so, if he actually does smash him and do really really well, the question is going to be, is he just so much better than Daniel? And this is this is why I'm so disappointed that it's mm. not Fernando and mm. Daniel because it would have been awesome to see them together. I would have loved to have seen Man, that. I'm that would have been so good. I'm just not as confident as I think most people. That Alonso are. will be the guy. Yeah. Look. I certainly wouldn't be putting money around it right now. Like, I want to. Can you believe it? It's been twenty years this year since Fernando made his debut in Formula One for Minardi. Can the, you, that's twenty years. I mean, who the fuck can remember that? Was Harry even born? Oh, barely. Yeah, he was still in nappies. <laughs> um, you wore them for a long time. Um, but you know, look, it's it's make or break for him if he yeah. doesn't outperform. That's the thing, Fernando Alonso, with the name. The status, the titles, has to outperform Ocon. I'm sorry. He, he has to. If he doesn't, then he, he's failed. Mm. He, 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 Ocon should be doing well. He should be like your – it's like we said with Red Bull. He sh- Ocon, Ocon should be the the, ta- the rear gunner for Fernando. And from a, a Alpine point of view, he should be within one car. He shouldn't be multiple cars back like Albon was to Max. Mm, that's yeah. the that's the judge of a second driver, really, isn't it? But then for, for Alpine, isn't Ocon, you know, a driver for the future for them if that's what they're banking on? They well, they supposedly. Know, they, well, they know Fernando's not going to be here for longer than, that's, you know, two or three seasons. I think that's most. Toto like, Wolff's influence on the sport showing is, is too that, far. Is that they need to have, because he, he's the, his driver, yes. that he needs to be in there. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't... I actually don't like the fact that Toto can have drivers under his wing that he has in the sport like it just doesn't it doesn't feel right to me I it's, mean, it's like it, I'm George, on a George, George Russell and Williams make sense because they're, yeah. they're like a but they're, see they're, they're that not a to me team, but, but that, that to team. me is a is a feeder scenario whereas yeah. Ocon is a management scenario yeah. Toto's his manager as opposed to Mercedes being like him being a Mercedes driver yeah do you know what I mean like it's just it's it just doesn't feel right. It's like to Toto's me. the modern day equivalent to Bernie Eccleston right now. He's just or got that Flavio, that, or, yeah, you know, except more likable. Oh, my, oh, I fucking love the bloke. I oh. mean, every time he's on screen on Drive to Survive, <laughs> I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some more. Do you know? What? Uh, I'll save for later. Okay, yeah, <laughs> save, so, save it for later. So, so it's a pretty solid driver shakeup. Like it is. Yeah. It's actually really exciting, and it's funny when you go to the F1 website and they've 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 put heads on black race suits or greyed out race suits. For, you know, eight of the drivers because they don't mm. have official photos and stuff, and it, it kind of shows really starkly the the change that's gone on. But Harry, you mentioned before before we started recording, and this is critical. There's a lot of talk, and we talked a bit last year about how the cars, are, the regulation change that's meant to happen this year is happening now in 2022. So the cars for 2021 are the same as 2020 in many broad terms. So the, the essentially the monocoque, the chassis, um, is retained, but the aerodynamic changes that have come to the sport, and I think, once again, James Allison at Mercedes did a friggin' brilliant job on their YouTube to mm. just sit and explain. I don't. I want to know whether that's scripted. I want to know whether that's auto cue because he is <laughs> so good. I reckon it's him just going, right, we've got to talk about this, this, and this. The Give Johnny me those dot points. Of, uh, he is. Yeah. Hey, mate, it's just so good to watch. So, Harry, what do you believe are the biggest changes that we are underestimating about the sport in 2021? So, I, I think... This is specifically about McLaren. Yep. Um, so last year, well, they're the only team that have got an yeah. engine change. Yeah. So we were talking about errors. So a lot of uh, most of the teams are doing, except I think pretty much Haas, um, <laughs> are doing you know some error upgrades. Um, but with McLaren, what's interesting is that they basically did their wing redesign at the start of last year, so they didn't have to use up tokens going in this year, mm-hmm. which a lot of teams had to use tokens to adjust their wi- their their front wing. 
Um, but they were already ready knowing that they're, they're going to use that front wing with the new engine and, and everything, the new package that's going in mm. um, for this year. So there's teams like that that have prepared a bit earlier that are going to have a bit of an advantage. Mm. Um, but the reason why teams are going to be, be changing their front wing is because the floor rules have changed, which yeah. I don't know if, I don't know how, how much our listeners have been looking at, uh, at the floors of the Formula 1 cars, but there were all these slots in the floor last year that helped push air through it and, and increase downforce. And basically, the FIA is trying to get rid of that and decrease yep. downforce yep. Um, to slow the cars down a little bit. Um, but of course, when you change the floor, you're going to then need to change... That changes how the air flows through the whole car. So yeah. everyone's had to adjust the rear aerodynamics and the front wings and things like that. Um, but I, I was reading something interesting about Ferrari as well with this um, last year. Is how everyone, there's a rumour... Or, or an idea floating that they knew they had a bad engine, so they didn't do much aero work either last year um, because of how the FIA's, I don't know what they call it exactly, but their aero tunnel testing mm. credit system works. And basically, the worse you come in the year, the more time you get in the test tunnel to, to develop So that, they, ex- they actually sandbagged, essentially, or a little yeah. bit. Just, uh, just went, you know what, we'll write the year off because it'll benefit us. Because they yeah. get all the extra cash. They don't care about where exactly. they finish in the season because it doesn't affect them greatly in finances because they get... a. St- Stack of cash just by being Ferrari. It's part of the Concord Agreement, right? Exactly. Mm. But, you know, the, the aero changes are dramatic to the point where there will be some absolute shocks this year, which we'll talk about when we when we go through the, our predictions and stuff. But there's also talk that McLaren, not just through what you talked about there, but they actually have a bit of a uh, double diffuser style, interesting take on the rules, which they don't believe anyone else has got yet, and it could take some races to copy. Yeah. And so they may have an advantage. They may actually have surprised themselves in pre-season testing. So even though they've stripped back the downforce and the regs, again, it's Formula 1, right? They push the envelope. And, you know, James Allison's video was very smart because they actually... So the, the floor of the car used to be straight, essentially, from the front wheels to the rear, and now it tapers back in um, yep. to, to more towards the engine cover. And when Mercedes revealed their car, they had a they had a blocking mechanism there that showed it as still being flat, and they said, we will reveal this, you know, on the track. Like, the games are awesome. Oh, yeah. Mm. And, and there are, the other, th- I think, the three big changes are everyone copied Mercedes' brake ducts from last year, essentially, but yeah. a variation of it anyway, which yeah. was funny, considering that was what everyone got cranky at racing point for. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the other one is the Honda engine's brand new. Yeah. Um, so Honda's made it, you know, they tried to do this in the failed McLaren years, but they reckon they've done it successfully this time, is make it smaller. Um, and you know, and still keeping the power and inc- or increasing power at, at this point to what they think has exceeded Mercedes' engine from last year. Wow. And, and this is going to be interesting because Red Bull is going to take over that development of that engine next year. So whether Red Bull can continue that development with the same group of people, you know, without that support from Honda, it remains to be seen if they can remain competitive in 2022 onwards. I think the bottom line about the car changes is, as a everyday viewer, it won't look radically different Mm. Um, but as a keen-eyed observer well and that's the great thing about the sky coverage is we'll notice a lot of intricate things that have changed and it's probably the best part about you know being able to watch sky practice you know Mm. practice sessions are actually really boring um, because there's not many cars on track there will be this year because you know especially in the first race because they need to get as much info as they can but they, they have time to fill and they will fill that with all everything they know and there's nothing better than listening to Ted Kravitz talk about what he knows, has heard, has seen, whether or not some of it's scuttlebutt and some of it's real, doesn't matter. It's it's a fascinating part of it. Speaking of Ted, it was interesting to read what he said the other day that he doesn't believe that McLaren will... Well, I don't believe McLaren will win the World Championship this year. They probably will be in a, in a good position to look at 2022 onwards. But he believes that McLaren 
are looking too far ahead of themselves this year with their car. He believes that... stronger than what they think. Yeah. And I, I find that very, very surprising. I thought... Hang on, you, what, what, what are you saying? That they are stronger than what they think or they're not going to be as strong as they Ted, think? Ted thinks they're stronger than what they think they are. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I read that the other day <laughs> and I just think, wow. Like, he's... Um, I find that staggering because I thought McLaren did very, very well in testing. They've got a very good car and we had concerns this time last year that when the announcement that Mercedes-Benz was you know, going to take over the, the engine supply for McLaren, mm. whether they could shoehorn that engine into the car and car and be competitive. And we, we kind of thought, well, this is probably going to be a write-off year. Well, I, I said it multiple times last mm. year that my biggest fear about Daniel going to McLaren was that we don't know what McLaren's going to be like because it seems amazing to get a Mercedes engine. But because they bought the engine deal, they did the engine deal thinking it was going into the new regulations – and suddenly they were forced to put the new engine into the old car, it was going to be a nightmare. And so if they if they pull this off, it is, I think it's an engineering marvel in Formula 1 terms because yeah, this yeah. was an unexpected marriage of chassis and engine in a in the middle of a, a, a troublesome season. But then we also found out towards the middle of last year that they, they basically, you know, not completely, but mostly binned their, their 2020 development tokens to, to build stuff. Yeah. You know, to build around this Mercedes engine for 2021. Um, so it's, they've had a little bit of time. Before we talk predictions and while we're talking car changes, let's just talk a little bit um, aesthetically. Um, pink cars are now greenish uh, in, with Aston Martin. Um, so Racing <laughs> there, Point is there, now Aston Martin. There is a slight bit there's of There's a pink. nice, there's a, there's a pinstripe, a pink pinstripe around the car, basically. I just don't know if I'm the BWT. Am I still paying the same amount? Because yes. I hope not. Oh, I don't know. But they, they, their signage just is substantially less compared substantially to last year. Substantially less. <laughs> Um, Alpine, uh, Renault is now Alpine, uh, uh, you know, pretty much a, a blue a car. car. It's a good-looking car, blue, blue, red and white, um, you know, uh, French colours. Same colour scheme, colour colour list as Haas is now got a bit of red, white and blue. Bit of, mm-hmm. bit of Russian pride. Yeah, Russian pride. Hopefully they'll, they'll, call it, they'll, they'll call it American red, white yeah. and blue, but yeah. it's clearly, uh, you know, Russian. Despite influence. the fact that, the Russian, that, that no signs of the Russian flag could be seen because technically Russia is banned from any international competition due to wider... Um, de- regulations. It's very deep in it, but you know mm. they'll claim it's American, red, white, and blue. Yeah. Um, and Williams looks, looks remarkably different, looks and I'm nice. glad because they, what they've been holding on to, well, they've been clinging to that Martini branding they yeah. had, and they've just evolved it into a non-brand stripe regime. Right. I like what they've done. I think they've gone a bit retro with the the scheme in many ways and the colours, but it's a very modern look, and mm. I I think it's smart from a company that's essentially reinventing itself. Absolutely, and is rebuilding in many, many ways as well. So, yeah, yeah. who knows? Like maybe this might be the start of a, a new beginning from Williams, where they go off the bottom of the ladder and maybe gain themselves a couple of rungs to maybe say seventh or eighth. All right, maybe predictions then. Um, Connor saying um, Williams off the bottom of the ladder. Let's just talk World Championship constructors. Um, can anyone beat Mercedes this year? I say no. I agree. I say no. But I also think the gap will be lower. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think I, you know I, I, there's no real data to prove it. We haven't even seen one race. No, no. Um, but if what Honda is saying about their engine is true, and, and that was the major deficit between Mercedes and Red Bull last year, and also by the fact that we're going to assume Checo does better than Albon, I, I think that Red Bull will be much closer. Yeah. It, it makes com- it makes simple sense that Albon um, didn't achieve for the team. Mm. Checo will. And even if they are static in their overall performance, um, you know, uh, relative to the other teams, 
they will improve in the championship and therefore the gap will be smaller. Um, so I think, you know, we're agreed that number one, it, is Red Bull under threat at number two? Yes, I agree. Ed, from? From McLaren. From a, not even Aston Martin. Not even Aston Martin. That's the thing. Like, oh, oh, And again, we'll talk about drive survival, but i got to say, I don't like Lawrence Stroll. Like, I, I, I thought the fucking hostage video last year was that weird. That was terrible. But I like the, his inclusion in Drive to Survive so mm. much, he grew on me. Yeah. Mm. Because what he strikes me as is no longer just a, you know, a daddy He's not a funding his son. He is a passionate businessman that is turning this team into a feeder for a brand in the same way that Ferrari is for, for its road cars. And, I, I, you know, he will want it to perform. And I, I think that, you know... I don't know what kind of, you know, people you've worked for, but I'd, while there's, you know, plenty of theories around, you know, the aggressiveness of, an, of, of a manager and, you know, the styles of management, I think his style of, you know, it, I don't think he's probably a yeller or a fist bumper, but his presence, his physical presence you would can be never ignore shit him. scary. Yeah. You can't ignore his presence at no. all. It is, it is quite formidable, and you're probably right. Aston Martin could be one of those teams this year that could really sneak up on McLaren and do, Red Bull. Do, do we think, not, do we think what we're themselves. actually talking about is a three-way battle for second? Yes. Even though if if I was forced to, you know, put it in writing now, I would say Mercedes, Red Bull, McLaren, Ooh. Aston Martin. You but, had to think about that. But, one, but I, know I, I know I said it because of Daniel. I know I said it so you, purely because I want Daniel to do well. And that is my predictions as well. But it would not surprise me if... That goes Aston, down to the wire. It goes down to the wire. And if Aston Martin get third, they do bloody deserve it because they have worked so hard in the last yeah. 12 months. And look, yes, copying the Mercedes from 2019 did not make it a good look for the team formerly known as Racing Point. McLaren but would be pissed if they didn't get third. Yes. Wouldn't they? Oh, absolutely. Because they'll be seen as going backwards. That's yeah. right. So if, if you're... If your wife or girlfriend said that you get the racing bed of your dreams in your room, <laughs> if you if you correctly guess this, what would your top three be? Like you have to. That's that's on the line. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Mercedes, Red Bull, McLaren. As much as you know what, if I was actually putting money on it, a little little gamble, I'd put McLaren in second just because it'd it'd have a good. Yeah, okay, here's my here's my my prediction: Mercedes, McLaren by just over Red Bull. And Aston Martin. That's massive. It's a massive call. I'm so call. I'm people call, are switching yeah. off, going. You blokes are complete <laughs> dickheads. So then if like you, honestly, we've if just you, we've just said Red Bull are going to be beaten. Don't doesn't that just strike you as? It feels insane, but it's it's exciting. So, I, I so love that, it. So if you feel if you guys feel that way, I, I don't feel that way. Okay, I, I feel Red Bull second, and then probably Aston Martin third. Yep. Fuck. So so I'm 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 putting the house. Remember the the, the <laughs> racing the bed. Racing bed. <laughs> the racing bed is Mercedes. Red Bull, McLaren. Yep, the my but, racing but bet is Mercedes, Red Bull, Aston. And my bet is Mercedes, McLaren, Red Bull. Okay. okay. And then, so off the back of that also, of so we've got 23 races at this stage, pending yep. none of them getting cancelled or whatever. Yeah. How many of those races do you think will be won by a non-Mercedes car? I like that. I do mm. like that. Um, I'm going to say more than we've had in many years, and I think that number will be... I'm going to say nine. Nine. I'm going to say nine races. Because what I'm counting on there is a couple of failures from a Mercedes. Like, and probably early in the season, I think they'll have some some issues. 
So a couple of races will go by the wayside. I think that Red Bull can easily win four or five. And I think that, you know, whether it's a, an Alpine, an Aston Martin or a McLaren, I think there's enough happening that we could easily see three or four more. So, but yeah, just I think rem- nine. But just remember, Aston Martin's got a Mercedes power plant. So does McLaren. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't really say it's a normal... Oh, well, I think we're talking about Mercedes oh, as, 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 as a team. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. No, I was talking not about the team, not the oh, end. Oh, right. Not, okay, not yeah, yeah, as a constructor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I get you now. Um, so, so then, Drivers' Championship, where does that land? As in... Uh, what are your predictions? Lewis. Unbeatable? I think again. Even with Bottas's bare ass, which we'll talk I, about later? <laughs> so speaking of Bottas, do you, I was gonna, my next thing I was going to ask is, do you think Max will beat him in the Constructors' Championship? You mean the drivers? Ah, uh, sorry, the drivers championship. Yeah. Max beat Bottas. It kind of go, goes against my my thought that it's going to be close for second because if it's close for second in the constructors, then it it kind of assumes that that Mercedes are are out there. So no, I think Bottas, Lewis, and Bottas. But again, it's about the gaps this year. Mm. I think the challenge for Formula One is to is to articulate that the, the field is tighter this year, hopefully, rather than saying it all looks the same. Because if McLaren finished third, so he did that last year. Yeah. But we were so much closer, or we, we beat fourth by so much, is, is the story. So I think Bottas will get second, but by a, a smaller margin to third. Okay. So you're, we're agreeing Lewis and Bottas won two? No. We're not. You think Max will get him? I think Max. I, I think it'll be close between them. Yeah. But I, I think he'll get it. Connor? Um, Lewis, without a question. Yeah, second. Second will be Bottas. Fuck. I know. I, I just. Bad luck, Harry. I oh, know. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Oh, or do our votes count? <laughs> yeah. Is the FA listed to this guy? Yeah. Two first one. Sorry, Bottas. You're coming second this year. No, but Bottas just doesn't respond well to angry no, social media. He, he so doesn't. You know, no, maybe he doesn't. hear it. Do, do all my critics will make concern. Fuck you. <laughs> That's just, funny. Just don't, third, just don't um, send me an unsolicited butt pic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, third, I'm going to go all out here. Ricardo. Ricardo beats Max? Yes. Wow. You, mate. I love the bloke. Yeah, but you're, you're an idiot. I want it. I want it to happen. <laughs> I, I I really believe he can do it this year. I I think he's got the car. He's got the drive. He's we, haven't got even, the, we haven't even seen the car in a race. I know, but the car looks good. He's looking good. He's very confident. I can get a few wins this year. I reckon that a top three is not impossible for McLaren. I I put Daniel in fourth in the championship because I, I'd, I'd like put him fourth. I'd, I'd like to see I'd like to see Daniel and Checo head to head across the year. Um, because we know, and fucking Chris, you can talk about all he likes, but Red Bull favour Max in every way. Oh, so Checo at- will get disadvantaged at times through the year in strategy, in in everything, right? So if we can see some Daniel and Checo action oh, out on track, I love that, and I'll be up cheering and very happy. And if it means that Lewis, Bottas, and Max are playing for the top three and the real championship. For me, the real championship is Formula Checo. 1.5. Yeah, well, yeah, Checo, Lando, Daniel, Seb. You know, there's some real Stroll. Fernando Stroll. Maybe he's a. Oh, I, I don't like him. No, he's not a bad driver though. Like he's just young and crashes out a few things. But when he's on a roll, he's not a bad. He got two podiums last year. Good on him, yeah, and he well got a pole position as well. Yeah, like, just yeah. Pierre won a race, but he wouldn't have run it if you know if strategy hadn't applied again. Anyway, so it's all well to me. Good to be a race. Oh, winner, you shouldn't discount. Pierre Gasly. If, no, if discount ca- him, mate. He's not going to be in the top five. Yeah, fine. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, infights and teams. Where do you see that going this year? Oh, there'll um, be a massive infight between Lewis and 
and Valtteri again. Um, you reckon it's going to go to Rosberg levels this time? I think so. I think yeah. Valtteri's not going to take shit from anyone this time. But he he's, you know, we saw in Drive to Survive. I know we're, we're touching on it. We're scratching the surface, but well, he knows he's got nothing to lose because George, George Russell's got he's, the twenty-two. Yeah, he's seat. not going to be there in twenty twenty-two, right? Yeah. We can agree so that. Why, why would he follow team orders and? Sacrifice his race for Lewis when exactly. he's got nothing to gain long term. He's got nothing to lose now. Uh, in terms of other team battles, that, that's a mid-season thing though. That'll that'll take a half yeah. a season to, mm. to fire up because it'll, it'll take one like multi twenty-one esque incident, yes. and then it'll blow yeah. up from there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, I I don't. I think the there's probably something going to happen in the in the back end of the field, but. Um, you know, it won't really be of great consequence. I don't. I can't even really think. Like, you know, there's not going to be anything that happens at Alpha because Kimmy doesn't give a shit. What a, What about McLaren? Isn't as rosy as we all think it's going to be. Maybe because they're two fun. Jo- they're being slated as comical brothers, right? But what if they are? Because they are so competitive that 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 you know super side by side brotherly love actually tears them apart to the point yeah. where they're. They're actually multi twenty one aggressive, you know, are not getting what they want on track and stuff like that. Well, could, could be an issue. I think you could be could be honest something, especially because if you hear how Lando's speaking about himself in you know since the end of last season, he's, he's matured in that it, sense. When he no longer you know sees himself as that second number two. that new kid number two driver, he sees himself up there with. We, we certainly he saw himself up there with Carlos. But last he did year. say in Drive to Survive, he did. He I loved the way he talked about Daniel coming to the team. He's I thought brilliant. it was brilliant. Yeah. I don't know if. It doesn't strike me as someone that's worded up and no. given lines. He strikes me as someone that speaks from the heart, and I, I quite admired the way he talked about him, you know, respecting him as a multiple Grand Prix winner, as a multi, multiple podium getter, and, you know, a, a genuine talent that he could learn from. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was so good. So good, because the kid's got years left in him. So yeah, yeah. And there's, there's, a no genuine, and there's a genuine like and respect from Lando. Yeah. Whether that continues as the season progresses remains to be seen. You know, and you're right. There, there is a concern that... If that brotherly love becomes too competitive and too aggressive, it might force them apart. Who gets dropped first? Ocon. Or what? What? Who gets dropped? As yeah. in who? Which driver is is at the at the grid for the first race, but not at the grid for the last race? Or. Not through injury or other incident. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll, I'll, any, I'll give you two. Is there any? Vi- oh, you reckon you got two? I can't even think of one. Oh no no no! I'll I was going to say the the Honda plate plant, the Japanese kid. Yuki. Sonoda? Yeah. Oh, I, I think he'll think underperform. Gasly will outshine him and could be disappointing for him. All right, him. I'll give you through then. <laughs> Giovinazzi, he'll be gone by now. if he was going to be gone, he'd be gone by now. I know. But he had a haircut, mate. Yeah. He yeah. did, he did. Oh, he did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it still looks rubbish then. Yeah. <laughs> um, the second one would be Mazepin, but then no again, way. he's got Muzzy. He yeah, he's got money. He's got money. There's two things about Mazepin that I think are blurring or blinkering your view of him. One is the the social media controversy, mm. which I think is a storm in a teacup in general terms. Like, I don't think it actually... F1 doesn't give a shit. Like, we've seen, like, the fact yeah. they're going back to, you they, know, Saudi Arabia and all this stuff. They don't care they about They don't care stuff. about any no. of that stuff. And here's the thing. F1's actually a super clean sport. Like, what he said was nothing compared to what happens in rugby league off the field in terms of player conduct and well, stuff, I mean, right? there was a bit of, bit of uh, sexual assault allegations as well. Allegations, Sure. But what I'm saying is there's actually very little of that going around. That's the mm. worst that Formula 1's had to deal with. Yeah. So I'm not sure that they're right. ready to punt Scru- on that basis. Scrub out Giovinazzi. Scrub <laughs> out Mazepin. We'll go Oicon. Fine. Uh, you're, you're saying Oicon? Yep. Gone. Well, I don't think he's gone for so, the same reason that you think he has a seat. 
Yeah, so so here's what I'll say. I don't think anyone will be dropped this year, but I think the first contract that will be not renewed or a, or a driver signing that will influence someone else's position is either Ocon or maybe Mazepin because there might be another driver that they can buy in. Not Valtteri? Um, I I think Mercedes will drag that out. You think they'll wait till the end of the year? I think Maybe not the very end of the year, but I think they'll drag that out. Mm. Yeah. Make Valtteri sweat a little. So which which team comes furthest from behind and moves up? You know, in terms of the team rankings? Where they were last year. Yes. So end of year cash collection? Oh, Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Because I think they do end up doing pretty well. I don't think it's sandbagging last year. I think it's just, let's just kill this car, drive it anyway, and let's yeah. put everything into the into next year's car. And I don't think they did that bad in the testing. But it's like they came six. So, like, if you think maybe they, they could come fourth, and that's not really that big of a jump, where I think there's potential for, say, a Williams, because of, we know how bad Haas is going to be. I, I don't have, I don't think Alpha's going to do that well. Mm. So, Williams um, could jump from so Williams last could jump to, you know, from tenth to seventh, seventh or something. Yeah. Like, there's... There's some potential there as well, but they're kind of the only teams. But the interesting thing about the Ferrari thing is the Ferrari thing actually means that that what we've talked about as being um, Al, uh, Aston Martin, Alpine, um, McLaren could also involve Ferrari. And if we think that Red Bull's still in that mix, that's five teams potentially. Mm. That's half the oh. grid. You just got. I, I still you think you guys are dreaming that you think it's not going to be Red Bull a clear I, second. <sighs> I'm sorry, but I just believe McLaren might have the goods this year. I think you want to believe. Like, yeah, we, we all, all want to believe. <laughs> we want to believe. We all want to believe, do. Harry. I, I dropped 79 US dollars on some merch for McLaren. That's how bad I want Well, here's how. Here's, listen, Daniel's amazing, big fan, but I refuse <laughs> to spend $141 on a hoodie. I knew you'd say that. Mate, it's a rip-off. That's outrageous. It is a fucking rip-off. I did buy the wine, though, even though I don't drink wine. <laughs> well, I will be buying the wine. It's $65 a pop if you want to buy that Daniel Ricciardo wine. Um, I don't know. I'm a sure? sucker for an Instagram ad. Who's drinking it? <laughs> oh, I've got some ideas. Um, I've got to look good in the cabinet. Yeah, well, I'm a wine. I love drinking wine, so it is right up my alley. Right. Good on Good on all right, well, that's um, that's a pretty good look at the the grid and the lineup and the potential for the year. Um, someone better than me is going to have to write all that shit down, and uh, we're going to have to look back at that mid-season. We have to do I a mid-season I will, re- write, I will write that down. Uh, love the way you volunteered that. Thanks, yeah, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> we just, someone, someone has to. We just I, need some of those predictions noted for posterity. Yes. So sh- that mid-season oh, yeah. and end-of-season... We can uh, do, call do Harry you, a complete loser. Do you know what we got to do? <laughs> is after this, we have to get on our favourite sporting sport betting app, mm. gamble responsibly, yes. um, and put all those bets in. I don't think yeah, real. What I've seen on a couple is really just drivers' world championship and and well, they instructors. Don't have, they don't have seconds and thirds and mm. all that kind of stuff. Open and you know, open your market. Betting on Mercedes and 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 Lewis is. Well, it's not so not much. It's not so much for our, you know, our, our financial wins at the end, but more just it's solidified. If you there. could bet on on Daniel's position in the world championship, I'd bet on that. If you could bet on McLaren's position in the world championship, I'd bet on that. So I oh, will look at the markets. That's sun, back Sunday before the race for sure. <laughs> All right, you're listening to the EFTM Formula One podcast. And we do it all thanks to the support of Boost Mobile. And if you're looking for a better mobile deal, you might just find it with Boost to operate on the Telstra network. So you get 
all the coverage that you'd expect from the Telstra network, unlimited calls and texts, uh, as well as a whole bunch of data if you are so inclined. So look at, it, for example, 30 bucks a month, 38 gigabytes of data. That's a lot of data for 30 bucks a month on a prepaid plan on the Telstra network, um, and you can just shop online at boost.com.au. They've got... Uh, They've also got those refurbished iPhones. So if you're looking for an iPhone, you might have smashed your phone and you need a new one, you can just buy a refurbished phone uh, direct from the Boost website uh, and you can order a SIM, sign up for a prepaid plan uh, at boost.com.au. All right, so we've talked about the season. Let's just talk about this weekend. Yep. I mean... It's literally a few days away. <laughs> Cars are on track in a couple of days. Yeah, t- before today, we were talking about coming in and recording this. I thought it was next week. I- I'll be honest. I did too. <laughs> it's just come out of nowhere. I'm like, geez, this has happened a bit quick. Yeah. It's just snuck yeah. up so quickly, hasn't it? Um, but, you know, that's I mean, that's the great thing. I mean, we've, I've got to be honest, we've missed the Australian Grand Prix for the mm. first time in many years. It hasn't been the first race. Um, and there's a lot of talk, by the way, that it could well stay in November if this kind of works out for the... For the organisers and stuff like that, there was a bit of talk about that by the um, by the Aussie organiser. I don't know how that pans out over the years ahead because I think it works for Formula One to have a flyaway, get that done, and then and then mm. kick off the year. I, I wouldn't mind in November just because it gets so like Albert Park in early March is just so hot. That's true. So yeah, November's a bit cooler. Um, so Bahrain this weekend. So all we've really seen is testing, which is was at Bahrain. So there is a bit of guidance there. But it is that whole, you know, if McLaren lit it up and they went, oh, Jesus, that's going very well, we might just turn it down by 10%, 5%, 2%, doesn't matter. Because it was quite tight. So, well, I mean, what's what do we expect this weekend? I mean, I'm assuming the first couple of practices will be pretty well populated on track because there's a lot of track time needed by a lot of drivers, even though serious laps were done by a lot of the teams in practice. Well, and they're shorter now as well. The, yeah. the practices, one hour, yeah. One hour sessions, yeah. Instead of the ugh, long arduous sessions they were before. And that's because they were just too boring. They were too boring. They no, would spend no they would spend thirty minutes on track in a what, one hour to one and a half, two hour session. It's just mate, just open the track for something else. Mm. Um but, you know, we've had our predictions for the year. What do you genuinely think can happen this weekend? Because I genuinely think this is gonna be um Styrian Austria yeah. style out out of this world stuff. This is gonna be oh, we're gonna you, have someone gonna happen now. You've jinxed it. Okay, fuck. <laughs> We're going to have someone on a podium we didn't expect. Um, I do hope we see multiple different cars. Like, I'd like what I'd like to see, and what I do expect to see, given, you know, reliability issues and just performance unknowns, I'd like to see the top five cars be three different teams, four, you know, four, three or four different teams, rather than just being, you know, Mercedes, Red Bull, and one other. I'd like to see it be... You know, four teams would be a lovely spread because then you don't get this kind of processional results. I think Aston Martin will will come out wanting a podium in their first everyone official race. Come out wanting a podium. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I, every, everyone does. Lawrence will expect it. He I, will I think Lance Stroll's going to be on the podium. You reckon? In Bahrain. Yep. On what wow. basis do you make this assertion? Because I just want you to be wrong <laughs> about Lance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. I, my my reasoning is is for what we've talked about with Aston Martin is I think that Lawrence is going to make them a force to be reckoned with over the next couple of years. Agreed. Yeah. Moving forward, and I think that starts from this year. Um, and the reason I say Lance over Seb is Lance knows the car better. I I think you know he has shown that he 
Seb's has potential. talked about the little things being difficult to learn. Exactly. You know, when, when they get on the radio and say engine mode seven C three, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah, for exactly. For he that loses reason. five tenths just by finding those switches. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he does. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. Do you remember we? Uh, you weren't there that year. Um, I was in. Uh, I was at Albert Park with uh, Vodafone, and we were sitting there talking to Checo in the garage. It was crazy, awesome. And he showed us the wheel, and it had the dials for you know engine modes and stuff. And it was like, it was literally like open your your kids' combination lock for their bike. It was like, dude, what's yeah. the combo again? Bloody hard. How they remember? Yeah, so for Se- someone like Seb, yeah, like he, he's an old man. Exactly, he's gone bald. Yeah, I know. But hey, don't be <laughs> nothing wrong with going bald, okay, people. <laughs> but for that reason, I think it's going to be. I would not be surprised to see a third place stroll. Okay, so your bold prediction for the weekend is th- is is a podium for stroll. Correct. Honor? Top five for stroll. I think um, that's not as bold as mine. You have to go yeah, bolder. Yeah, no, bolder. You've, you've just copied. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really. I'll copied. go bold. Daniel podium. You just took the words out of my mouth, you bastard. <laughs> just copied. <laughs> yeah. Nah, Daniel Podium. Um, oh, no, so, I, and I'm not just talking from the heart there. I, I genuinely no, no, I, think yeah. that Daniel's one of those people that, you know, has right. can, can pull something out because he, he knows he needs to. Okay. Daniel and Lando on the podium. And Lando. Oh. I mean, I'd love to see it, but, but I just think it, that's, that's crazy. Point. Daniel and Lando on the podium. I, I was thinking Lewis, Daniel and Stroll. So my re- it'll look, mate, that would be the best start to the season Formula 1's had. Yeah. No matter – see, the funny thing about that is it doesn't matter how boring or processional the race is for whatever reason that occurs, that's a great outcome for the sport yeah. because it means that the news bulletins, the radio, the conversations about Formula 1 are about this shaking up the, the podium as opposed yeah. to having the same podium and a boring race. Yep. Mm. So my my reasonings behind it is – like we all think that the other cars are getting closer to Mercedes. So then do, does the driver talent overtake Bottas? To, so he's sort of pushed a little bit. Yeah, right. That's there in, in this one. So there's some drivers up there. And then my other, the, the bigger gamble in it, in this prediction is that with Honda's radically new engine they've claimed, yeah. ha, it, you know, they didn't really have any bugs in testing, but over, over a race weekend, that's I was going to say, different. so we're all basically saying Red Bull's going to struggle. Well, it, it's not, I don't think they're going to struggle. I just, it's just me banking on there is, a larger than normal possibility that Honda might run into some early season reliability issues. With Checo that. beats Max. By the way, if, if Max gets this is all just complete up, rubbish. But these are the things I'd bet on. Checo beats Max just because that I'll would remember be this on Sunday. Yeah, well, mate, write it down. I don't care. Well, what happens? I don't get my kids' bed. <laughs> no, no, my racing bed. It's not for the kids. It's for you. I know, but you know, it's going to be here because clearly, if I get a kids' racing, then I'm going to be sleeping at the office. Um, you'll be seeing you for your supper. That's what you'll be doing. Yeah, as Kenny Callender would say. Um, I, I mean, you know, see, this is the problem with looking around one without any real, you know, knowledge. With and we don't believe testing really reflects how the the weekend's going to go. Um, you know, it is really just hope and dreams. Opposed yeah, I've to written else. it down. I have written it down. You've got to write a lot more notes than that, champ. Uh, No, no, no. I'll be listening back to the podcast. I'll make sure that it's all written down. So uh, don't you worry a thing. It will be on there for posterity. So um, this weekend is a a traditional uh, crappy night race for us. Is that what we're saying? Traditional crappy night race. Okay, great. The good thing is for most of the races in 2021, we don't have to wait till 11 o'clock this year. It'll be 10 o'clock starts for most of them. So, which is good. Encouraging. It's encouraging. Just a touch. Harry's going to wake up early for the first one, though. I'm doing, yeah, I'm not going to do the two-stopper again. It's not worth the risk. 
I don't know, people probably don't remember how the first episode of last year I slept through. Yeah, it. no, it was yeah. a, it was a solid <laughs> effort. We will, um, and, and the plan for the year is is we will mix it up a little bit because uh, while I think our desire is to, is to do what we did last year, we talked about, and I'd welcome feedback. You can you can tweet us. We we're happy to hear from you. We, we can go to the EFGM and just click Ask Trev. I'll I'll see your emails. But I'd be curious to know what people think or want because. We've worked on the assumption that doing this show straight after the race is raw, it's kind of direct race opinions as opposed to looking at the wrap-up of the race, you know, with all the information that you might get. Even an hour after the race, you get a lot of information. Um, but we, we will do probably 50% of the shows sitting here together watching and the other 50% will uh, we'll organise a Zoom dialing two, scenario of some sort. Yeah, 2am is the first race on Monday morning, yeah. so... God. I can't wait to see you. It's going to be great. I know. Mm. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, after this, we will uh, preview or we will talk about uh, the 10-episode Season 3 of Drive to Survive. And uh, we appreciate the support of KO because we watch the event on KO. We watch every race on KO. We've got a... uh, Samsung TV with KO built in, so we stream it on KO. Um, and the, the good news, if you uh, have never used KO, or importantly, you don't have any form of uh, pay TV, the Formula 1 Practice 1, Practice 2, and Practice 3 are all free on KO. There is no cost to watch those on KO. So if you log on to kosports.com.au, you'll notice it uh, calls them a freebie. That means you can click and watch um, without having a paid KO account. And then when you get to qualifying and the race, you'll need a full KO account, uh, which will cost you 25 bucks a month. But it's great value because you get every race, every round, every practice, every qualifying uh, live on your uh, on whatever device you're watching through. Plenty of smart TVs, Apple TV, um, and there's also multiple different cameras and score timesheets and things you can watch through KO as well. So give the freebies a go this weekend. If you haven't watched practice at all, it's a great thing to do. I, I just have it on in the background kind of thing with the kids. Um, if it's a if it's an evening thing or at night time, just a nice way to wind down the evening watching practice on KO. Um, so that's all happening this weekend with the race coverage kicking off on mon- Monday. It should say Sunday, but it's really Monday at, uh, at 12.30 a.m. Well, far out. It felt like a long time waiting for Drive to Survive, even though you know the season seemed like it wasn't that long ago. But it's it's so well timed and played. They this whole strategy of Netflix for Formula One is brilliant because they release it every year just before the season, so that it gets the hype, it gets the excitement going. I know so many people that have never watched Formula One but watch this. Yeah, like my sister's talked about how she's watching this. I'm like, what? But. It was another good season. I've had a couple of people say it was the best yet. I still think uh, season one was the best. I think season mm. one was better. But I, I wonder whether, again, that's because of Daniel was such a big part of it, switching teams and stuff and all that contract negotiation that went on. Um, and also because it was so new. We were like, wow, what the fuck are we seeing here? This is amazing. But the there was some weird stuff because I, I feel like I was disappointed we didn't get anything from George Russell about yep. his season, let alone his ability to almost win a race but fail and and how he felt about that. I mean, I just feel like they missed missed a trick with that one. That was, it a was just mass- a massive oversight. Massive opportunity gone begging there by Netflix. I'm I'm still trying to work out why they completely overlooked George Russell. Probably one of the big big stories of twenty twenty one and 
Yeah, ma- I, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to carry it over into Drive to Survive Season 4 if they're going to be doing a season There was four. a lot of flashbacks this year, yeah. which was better, different to the year before. But you had a theory about the George Russell thing. Well, I, I don't think it's so much of a theory as, as what happened was that on... In, this is specifically around the Secure uh, weekend, was that they weren't in the Mercedes garage. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Was it with Racing Point? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they raced race at Checo one. Yeah, yeah, yeah Checo one. So that. They're, they're in. They're in the racing point garage, which worked out amazingly for his story. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but as a result of that, and the COVID restrictions and the bubbles that, that Formula One had set up, it meant that they couldn't get when they realised this shit was happening. They couldn't get into the Mercedes garage to get the footage that they needed. So the scenes for that. I think that that's absolutely what happened. But I think they still had an opportunity to put the story in. Oh, but here's what happened: they had ten episodes, and everyone yeah. had to have a th- have a. This year, I felt like every episode was much more thematic. There was there was a clear theme. While that happened before, there was a bit more carryover. Yeah. In in the first year, like the Ricardo thing went over several episodes, but it was highlighted in one essentially. But this year, you could watch a single episode, and it was a self enclosed story of a team or a driver or a thing happening. And so essentially George didn't fit into that narrative anywhere. Whereas he should have fitted into I think the final episode, I mean, they they didn't give a lot of airtime to Lewis's Black Lives Matter protests and things like that, but they gave it they gave it a, enough that it, it's justified and it was done. And they gave it quite a that that nice prominent spot at the end. And I think it was it was done really I thought well it was done well. well. With his upbringing mm. and I, I thought I don't know whether Lewis it. Would have preferred it was a whole episode. Yeah, strikes me as the kind of guy that would have been blowing up that it wasn't a whole episode. But I think it was done well. But see, George, here's how I would have done George Russell if I was the director of the show. I would have said, "Get me every vision of him lying on the thing and getting into the car and trying on the suit for the first time, and overlay that against three minutes of us talking to George." I I wonder if you know three minutes. I wonder if Mafia boss Toto vetoed it. That's bullshit. No, I don't know you you. Theory before was that he basically runs the sport like a, a quasi Bernal Eccleston. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But anyway, I just I, I want to hear that story more. I want to hear Me more too. about. I, I guess I don't read a lot. I don't. I don't go digging for stories. So he may have given this story and done it. But I want to hear George talk about that experience because I'm sure by now he's moved on from the utter gutting disappointment that it must have been to see it as an unbelievable learning experience. But still, talk honestly about how it was gut wrenching. Because it had to have yeah. been right, oh, yeah. so I missed that. That was that was a bit of a pain. Speaking of pains in the butt, that bodass thing was just a, <laughs> just, it just struck me as very strange <laughs> to to show him you know, getting into the sauna and and everything but the front end. It was just crazy. What I think they did it for, and what was smart, is that I've seen so many memes around it since then. Was it like a thing they put in there, knowing are the, are the memes? I haven't seen any, but is it like B O T capital A double S? There's a few of them. Okay, my favorite one was <laughs> my favorite one I saw was like you know it was like watching Drive to Survive, and it's just a general scene from racing, and it's like and then and Mum walks in, <laughs> and then it's Bottas's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoyed that episode though, yeah, because me too. I felt like it showed. Yeah. Because one of the things I think you think, and I think we all thought this a bit about Nico at the time, <coughs> before he won the World Championship, even when he won the World Championship, was he did feel like he was just a passenger in the whole thing, and was he really driving and, and pushing as hard as he should have been and could have been? You know, I don't think you can doubt how much Spotters is pushing. No. But you can also see how emotive he is about decisions that are made by the team and, you know, the the joy he gets out of sticking the big middle finger figuratively to his opposition both inside and outside the team and the sport. Like, that stuff was, was really good. Like, you need to see that stuff. Absolutely. I agree with that. And, you know, whether he stays on with Mercedes post this year, 
you know, it remains to be seen. Bottas, Raikkonen, Alpha. Or Bottas in Raikkonen's seat. Because keep him in the on the grid, for sure. I reckon yeah. they might even be a swap back to Williams. Because assuming, assuming... Brilliant. Assuming Williams is back on the ascension. Yes. And they're not going to be Mercedes level. Give him that, assu- give him that father figure role. Yeah. You know. yeah, I like it. Not bad at yeah. all. Not bad at all. But that, that Mercedes team dynamic was fascinating. Um, it's interesting because Mercedes have strongly said they don't want to have a Lewis Nico situation again after what happened in but 20... How is it not going to happen? Like it's going to happen. They're the most, they, they've got the fastest car yeah. on the grid. Of course it's going to happen. You could well, not put it, us in there, but you could put any qualified, strong the, Formula 1 driver in there the, the only way it's going to happen. The only way it doesn't happen is if you get some kind of pay driver who's just happy to be yeah. in the sport, but mm. then you're not going to waste that spot in the car. And the it's never going to happen. So mm. you're always going to end up with a driver who wants to win and it doesn't matter if you know it's it's Lewis Hamilton which, or or which Michael by the way is the fundamental problem yeah, with like the sport that the the best team on the grid is not short of sponsors can afford to do everything they want to do whereas the worst teams need to use paid drivers who don't give them the performance they could yeah. possibly get and it's this complete the circle's wrong and that's why the finances need to change and, and will next year what was overplayed in in the Rochester oh, Five Series, so what was something we watched and went, oh, this is crazy. But other people going, oh, look at that. Yeah, the McLaren driver relationship, easy. Oh, like, the Carlos mm. and yeah, Lando being like they were enemies. at loggerheads yeah. after after Carlos announced he was leaving. Yeah, they were like they even after that. If you if you watch things as they happen, their interviews and and even how they interacted with each other on like Instagram and stuff like that, they clearly got along extremely well. Like yeah. there was there was no animosity there whatsoever, and. It very much felt like that Drive to was looking for a, a driver pairing drama, and, and that was the best they could find. Yep. And then blew it up. Yeah, Thoughts? I agree with that. Any others? Uh, I think they maybe pushed the Red Bull thing a little too much at times. I think yeah, they, 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 I, I can understand they were telling a story, you know, yeah. and obviously the time with checkout at the end, really good. But <sighs> Albon. Why too much focus? I mean, I know he was trying to push and get get himself as competitive, but you can but see that every t- you know, like, see, think about it from a TV perspective. It's brilliant because then you're not highlighting Max. Mm. Yeah, there was not much. Max, Max doesn't need to be highlighted. He's he's actually nothing. Yeah, he's a very good driver, gifted, but you know, here's Christian Horner in the in the show saying we want him to be the youngest ever Formula One world champion. That's literally their goal. Yeah, like, dude, you need other goals because that goal's going to disappear. Yeah, when yeah, does that goal disappear, by the way? Pretty let, me, let me have a look. It can't be far away. Can't be far away at all. Youngest driver. Because that, to me, when Max breaches that age, yeah. Christian has failed. Yeah. This whole, you know, fucking over Daniel, everything that happens at Red Bull for the last few years, not giving Pierre the time or the guidance, whatever you want to look at it, Christian's failed. Sebastian Vettel is the youngest driver to have won the World Championship. How he won old? it two, 23 years and 134 so days. How old how is old? Max Verstappen right now? Max Verstappen. 23 years and 100 days. 134 so. days. He is, curr- he is now 23, and he'll be turning 24 on September 30. Oh, so he's done. He's gone. He's, he's gone. gone. He can't. He can't, can't be the youngest ever world champion. I mean, unless he secures unless he secures it in the fifth race of the yeah, year. He, win, he wins every <laughs> of race. a twenty-three yeah. race season. Wow, that that oh, I never thought about that. That's massive. Yeah, for them, for them, that's massive, and it's a it's a good it's a nice little incentive for Checo. <laughs> yeah. Did they sign him to a one or two year deal? I think only one. So again, for him, well, the, yeah, he, it's a one year deal, I think. Or so, he, 
So you can just drive the nuts off it as well and yeah. not give a shit about Timor. And see, the funny thing is, so Checo drives the balls off it and, and does well but pisses them off. They still won't get rid of him because they want front of grid, so they'll take that over the potential of an Albon again. Yeah. Not Albon himself, but another well, in that position. They, what, they're going to promote Pierre back up there? Or exactly. Like, yeah. That'll never happen. Yeah, it's a one-year deal. We should put money on that. Yeah. Um, so overplayed, not a lot, but it was it was a very well orchestrated. The one thing that was overplayed, as in given its own episode, but not overplayed because it deserved it, was the Grosjean incident. And I think they did it brilliantly. So from a TV perspective, it was fucking it was brilliant because oh. they didn't they didn't even show they showed the crash and oh. then nothing else. They they, they like if you didn't know what happened, it was like five or ten minutes before you saw that he survived that crash. Yep. Um, I think hearing from Roman's wife, sitting her down next to him was brilliant because her sitting there and saying it was two minutes and 46 seconds that, you know, we, me and his children thought he was dead. I mean, that's, mate, I've got goosebumps. That's just crazy. mm. And then even just how the other drivers were speaking about it. On the radio radio and everywhere else. Yeah. And then it just, even the other thing it put into better perspective, which I, I don't think we had at the time was how the toll it took for them to put the helmets back on then and then go out yeah. as if nothing happened and yeah. race as hard as they can. Yeah. Like that, they all seem quite shocked. At but that. again, while that 40, are they 40 minutes, the episodes? Yeah. They can't be now because I smashed it in less than I think 10 hours. Some <laughs> were 30, some were 40. They weren't consistent. Uh, okay. So while it was brilliantly done and it told the story well, there's still so much more to tell about that. Yeah. And I, I still think, and I hope that it's Netflix. I think, it would be amazing if they could produce a story with, you know, F1 engineers, um, you know, carbon fiber architects. Everyone can talk about everything about that because, well, maybe it's just me, but I want to, I want to see the 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 monocoque. I want to see the modeling. You know, that 3D model we saw like a week after yeah. mm. that showed the position of it and stuff. I want to see a reenactment, not with Roman. That would be traumatizing. But I want to see, you know, imagine a Martin Brundle. Yeah. Like maybe it's Paul DeResta or someone a bit more nimble, but imagine them being placed into it, you know, with their eyes shut and going, right, five, four, three, two, one, get out. And it's yeah. like, like it'd be, because I'm assuming it would be very easy to get out of, but then you add the intensity of the, the, the color, the light and the heat. Oh, and then the fact that, you know, um, Roman was saying there that at first he thought he was upside down. That's why he couldn't see anything. Yeah. All these things before he actually realized that he was in flames and needed to get the fuck out of there. Like, that yeah. Was, yeah, like all that stuff running through your head as well. So that was... Yeah, it was, yeah a, it was a great I th- episode. I think there's, as much as it's weird for us to play on Roman's, you know, uh, almost tragedy, it's it's a story that needs to be told because I believe I believe it tells the story of the safety of Formula One better than anything that's ever happened well, before, then, you know? And then the fact that, I remember when the Halo came in and ever, everyone, yeah, including, mm-hmm. Roman. <laughs> including Roman, was like, oh, this is bullshit, you know, you know, it's the danger of the sport that makes it appealing, all this sort of stuff. Dude, and you've yeah, got a head still. Yeah, yeah exactly. It is the one thing that saved his life. Yeah. So we missed something in the overplayed. Christian Horner's phone call. Oh, oh, the best part of the whole series. It was so bad, it was good. <laughs> it was so it wasn't, it wasn't quite, it's just a hobby. <laughs> but I don't think that was staged. No, no, but that. it was brilliant. That's <laughs> yeah. that's literally all they got out of Kimmy the year before. But no, the Christian Horner, what we're referring to, Harry? Oh, uh, it was, so I think, it was it the last episode, I think? Second, second last. Second last, yeah. When they no, it couldn't have been second last. Because uh, no, the, the second last was the Roman episode. Oh, yeah, no, then, yeah, you're right. They, the last. they ended the second last with like a massive teaser. I remember with uh, Christian, that was yes. the last bit. Okay. Um, but anyway, the, this one with, with Checo was 
they, I think it was might have been the start of the last episode or somewhere near it, and the producer's talking to him and you hear the producer's voice off camera asking about, you know, have you made a decision for 2021? This is Christian sitting in a Netflix yeah, studio, clearly yeah, not yeah, at a racetrack. Yeah. And, yeah. and then so Christian's like, yes, we have. We've decided to go with, um, with, with Checo. Um, I've had a complete mind blank on his first name. Sergio. Sergio. <laughs> Just sorry. Um, with Sergio Perez. And then all of a sudden he picks up his phone and he rings, the phone rings. And he's like, Sergio, it's Christian. We'd like to welcome you to the Red Bull family as if it's the first time Checo's heard this. <laughs> he's like, dude, I signed the contract three days ago. My lawyers have had it for a month. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> oh, and it was just like I Christian couldn't even pull it. And Christian's quite the showman for that. He is, and yeah. He no, couldn't even pull it off pull with a straight off. face. But, I mean, that needed to be staged. That needed to be staged in situ somewhere, you know? Yeah. Like remember the the year that Daniel left in season one, they had Chris, they were at Christian's house. Yeah. And they talked because it was in the summer break and it was like this crazy fucking situation. That would that felt real. You felt organic. All yeah. those things. So the last thing we need to talk about before we go and warm ourselves up for the um, race ahead is Cyril oh. and oh. his love for Daniel Ricciardo. Breaks now, it is a Daniel bromance. leaving McLaren was a nice thread in this whole uh, whole series. It was played well in the episode, um, and and what what ha- what played out was essentially Cyril's shock. Um, Cyril's utter disappointment. Cyril, it was very clear that Cyril didn't talk to him for essentially weeks before they went back to the racetrack. Like they literally, they just didn't talk. But then we kind of got this sense later in it that Cyril just fucking loves Daniel. And he was actually yeah. gutted that he was leaving the team. Like mm. that moment where he got the podium, he talked about having, how, how could anyone not love Daniel and love how his passion and he, he's delivered for the team. How much he's pushed the team. Mm. Yeah. And it was, and how it was said was very much. Not in a way where I, I think how Christian put it when Daniel left Red Bull was that like, oh, you've you've left the team in the very business transaction like, you know, the it was the, like the when racer. It was like when Christian said it, it, it sounded like it was slightly condescending, whereas, yeah. whereas Cyril, when he said it, he genuinely meant it. Cyril said, he was he along was the lines of, um, you know, th- we did things I don't think we would have done if Daniel hadn't have pushed us. I mean, that's a massive yeah. call. That is a massive call, indeed. <laughs> and uh, look... Renault have come from, you know, a pretty low point in 2019 to be fifth best team on the on on the grid in terms of the yeah. constructors. A very tight fifth place. A very tight, yeah. They couldn't finish third. And they, they were at one point in third place for most of twenty of last season's yeah. championship. So, you know, that was a very big chance that it could have been a, a top three for yeah. Renault. But so I, I, I like the fact, and there's a great now friendly rivalry that will exist, um, but unfortunately we won't see it because Cyril is not going to be at the track. No, he's, he's gone. gone. He's we gone. won't see his tattoo at the track. Absolutely. If he gets it. If, if he, he gets, gets it, it yeah. he will. I, I genuinely, for that same reason, that, because, because of that love, he will literally put, he will get that tattoo on his ankle because he wants that memory. Yeah. Good on him for and it. And it's a very nice memory to have. And look, I think looking at it from Fernando's perspective, he probably would have been watching from, you know, from a distance last year yeah. and thinking... Is Cyril really up to the job? Yeah. Is he is he going to help me lead the team to being a championship winning team in the foreseeable future? Yeah. And I think from what he has seen from the sidelines in the last couple of years, I think he was ultimately convinced that despite what Daniel was able to do, Cyril's just not the man. He's not the type of person that can, you know, be like a Flavio kind of person yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and bring Renault back to the top. I just yeah. don't see Renault being 
winning the championship next two seasons anyway. Like well, they're that, not in the sport anymore, man. It's Alpine. Uh, it's Alpine. <laughs> Alpine but if, no, that's, I, if that's Fernando's going in looking at that, then he's still... If Fernando wins a world championship, I'll buy you both a kid's racing bed, okay? <laughs> that's just not going to There you happen. go, Harry. All right. All right, write that one down. Um, the last thing I'll tell you is that last episode was very well done. Yes. Uh, you know, cinematography was brilliant. The yep. theme was brilliant. The scripting was brilliant because it really hyped up that third place. Yes. Which was, remember during our last that last race, you were on the calculation for us are they going to get it yeah. who's going to get it and yeah. racing pointer out and all that kind of stuff it was crazy but you know what it made me think imagine if drive to survive existed in 2010 when you had uh, alonzo weber vettel and someone else all battling for the championship like it was it was so good like yeah. abu dhabi it was the year that weber could have won because it went down to the last race essentially that's right would have been amazing to have because that final race the you know otmar on, on the pit wall, putting his head in his hands because he realised the third place had, had escaped him. It's massive. And I just think, of, you think back at seasons, you think that access that we've now got would have been amazing. Speaking of, before we wrap up, speaking of um, of people like Otmar, yeah. I'm more and more liking Zach Brown. I, I, oh, I yeah. love, massive fan, yeah, massive I'm a, fan. I have grown to like him. I already liked him when he came into the sport and he you know, became a part of the supercars world by virtue of his stake yeah. with Walton. I met him at Bathurst. Yeah. And the more and more I watch him, I think, geez, you're a good guy. Yeah. You, you really you really are just as passionate. Yes, I know Formula One has politics and everyone and all the team principals bitch and moan and like they're school kids or whatever, but... I think the best thing about him is he's a racer yeah. or slash wannabe racer. Like, you know, these days he's just a guy that has money to buy old racing. He's got a, a supercar. Yeah, he's got a Welcome Shore Commodore. Yeah. Um, yeah, holding racing team. Good yeah, name. and, you know, he's taking it to the track and running around Did, in the UK. Didn't Otmar give a big sledge on him at the, the first episode or second oh. episode? And he was like, I, you know, I don't think Zach's ever engineered a, a part in his life. So what's yeah, he well, that was about? during the yeah, during yeah. all that stuff. Well, how many like how many CAD drawings have you done, Otmar? Yeah. Really, in the last fucking ten years, how many CAD drawings you done? Um, uh, over an hour of uh, conversation here, folks. Just to be clear, if you're new to the podcast, you won't get this after every race because what we're, happens we're is we're pretty tired. <laughs> Um, but we will um, we will uh, bring you a, a podcast after each and every race of the season. Um, hopefully, there'll be twenty three of them. Is that what we're aiming for at this stage? Um, at this stage, and um, and then that will be fresh. We'll literally as soon as we've we've seen the race, we'll record so that you can choose to listen on your way to work if you haven't seen the race, or if you did watch the race overnight, you can listen on your way to work or after the race and kind of you know have an argument with us and just shout at the radio. Um, and uh, send us an email. Shout, shout at the wireless. Shout at the wireless. Shout at your AirPods, whatever it is you, you're using to listen. Um, and uh, you can find us all on Twitter. Just follow EFTM and I'll, uh, I'll tag us all as we, as we tweet the show. Boys, I'm very excited about the year. I'm actually, I think I'm more pumped about this year than I was last. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, and I think that's a good sign. I think our inability to truly, really define what's going to happen is an exciting thing. It's, yeah. Just hope it's, I just hope it's not as boring as some of the races last year. Yeah, were. absolutely. Look, I think 12 months on, this little podcast has turned into something really fun for us, and uh, I hope whoever is listening Speak to us... Speak for yourself. It's a lot of hard work for me. Oh, I know. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> I hope whoever is listening to us, come along for the ride, because we're really looking forward to season 2021, and uh, bring it on, I say, Trev. Shout out to you, the person listening. The person. Yes. <laughs> yes. Whoever it might be. It's one of my favourite jokes. When you, someone, um, someone's, uh, like he talks to someone on the radio and uh, and they go, yeah, no, I had this bloke ring me and I go, oh, that, that was your listener. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, good stuff. 
All right, we'll be back on uh, Monday morning yes. uh, for uh, round one and uh, of the Formula One season 2021, and we'll talk to you then, boys. <laughs>